Welcome to Awakening Divine Wildness, hosted by inspirational speaker and best-selling author, Mal Duane. Mal invites you to embrace your divine wildness with powerful conversations with visionary women. Listen in and learn how to move from pain and heartache to forgiveness and freedom so you can live the life you deserve. Welcome to another episode of Awakening Divine Wildness. It is so exciting for me to bring women that have fabulous, empowering stories, walk their talk, they're authentic, but they have faced challenge and they have faced it head on. And now they step up and they serve other women in the most amazing ways to help them come forward with their stories. And my next guest is a firecracker. She's a breath of fresh air. She's like an angel right from the divine. And I know her personally, which makes it so much more exciting for me. Known as the six-figure woman's voice igniter, Alyssa Rushton is a master certified public speaking instructor and a high-end sales coach who teaches heart-centered entrepreneurs how to craft, package, and promote their authentic message and shine their light so they can share their unique message with the world. Alyssa is the founder and CEO of Magnetic Messengers Academy and the creator of popular programs like Get Clients with Speaking, Profitable Workshops that Rock and Raise Your Voice Online, Alyssa's clients and students go on to create great things like publish books, speak on TEDx stages, become featured experts on the news and more. Alyssa will inspire you to shine your brightest light. Get your message out to the masses in an ultra authentic way and create an amazing new income. And all of this I know is true because I have worked with her personally and developing my own message and my speaking. So Alyssa, thank you, sweetheart, for joining me today. Oh my gosh, thank you for that great introduction. Wow, Mal, it's great to be here with you. Well, you are a ray of sunshine. You're a force to be reckoned with. We were out at Tony Robbins and you were like owning the room. You were just running around, you were networking, you knew everybody, you had it like this. However, let's talk about the days that maybe you weren't quite standing in your power the way you are today. And before we started this taping, you mentioned that, you know, you've had some significant challenge in life. And one of them was really a very traumatic experience. So if you don't mind starting there and sharing that with the audience. Yeah, Mal, it's funny. <clears throat> a lot of people see me and they think, oh, that girl's got it all together. She's never had any problems. She's perfect. She lives in Hawaii. It's paradise. But what people don't necessarily understand is that I've been through it. And um, like we were talking about early before the show, and for me, I had a couple of traumatic experiences with men early on in my life, and one of which was a kidnapping in my workplace. And what happened to me is, no, I wasn't raped and, and nothing physically bad, too bad happened to me other than I was held captive in a room that I was locked inside of and had no hopes of getting out of. And my life was threatened for hours. 
And it was one of the most traumatic experiences of my lifetime. And I, I actually didn't know if I was going to make it out of that room alive. And <clears throat> my mom had always told me, no matter, no matter what happens to you, make it out alive. That's your, that's your purpose. You make it out of it alive. And so when I was in this room and I, he showed me that the door was locked, he had put some sort of locking contraption over the, the office that I was sitting in. And I was the only one in the building. So it was just him and me. And, and so I knew that I couldn't get out of the room and I, there was a phone right there and I could have tried to reach for the phone, but I knew that if I did that, I felt he was so volatile that I felt like it would really escalate the situation. And mom's words just rang through my head that said, just make it out alive. And what I did was I just went into full submission mode. And I called in all my angels and really I left my body. And so I lost time a little bit and I'm not sure all of that what happened, but I do know eventually he stopped being so crazy. He stopped threatening my life and telling me about how he's going to chop me up into a million pieces and put me in the trunk of his car and no one would ever see me again. And just, it was like he snapped and completely got done with the craziness of threatening my life and, and eventually let me out of the room. And we walked out of the building together and he used his code to secure the building that we were in. Fortunately, because later on, um, when this whole thing came to light, he said, oh, I was never there. I was never in the building. And that was the one, the one thing that sealed his fate. And he did some jail time and, and, and that whole thing. But, um, yeah, that my, that was in my early twenties and that sparked a series of events for me that led me down a very, very dark road. Tell me about the dark road. Ah, oh, the dark what road. Like? What, what was going on? Well, I'll tell you. So after that happened, I, at the time, was in a relationship. And I didn't know, I never experienced that level of fear or trauma or being threatened. And I really didn't know what to do with myself. I was 21 at the time. And I had no idea how to actually to deal with this. So I ended up leaving my boyfriend and I ended up driving myself into work and working every day. And in fact, at that job, I was promoted. <laughs> they promoted me because he was the manager of the store and they actually promoted me to be step into that. So now, in addition to the kidnapping, I've got to go back to that place every day and deal with that fear and how I dealt with it. And I, and I am, I imagine that many women who are listening to this can relate how I dealt with it is I dove into the bottle and I smoked more cigarettes and I actually, Oh, I'm so sorry about that. I... That's okay. It happens to all of us. Well, I have that set for do not disturb. So I apologize. So that's you, okay. You, you it is, we're just getting out of mercury retrograde. Yeah, so we have to. <laughs> you dove back into work full, full steam. Full steam. I dove back into work full steam, dove into the bottle, started drinking. Not that I was ever an alcoholic, but I would use it as a, a way to numb myself. And I used men as a way to numb myself. 
And so guilty. I became, yeah, guilty. guilty. I became very promiscuous and I ended up getting pregnant. Now, anyone who knows me knows that I don't have children. So I chose not to keep that pregnancy because I knew that I wasn't in a place of being able to, to deal with that. And so what happened to me is the kidnapping coupled with not dealing with it and then adding on a what I was calling a very shameful experience of having an abortion, I just buried all that very deeply and I dove into work and just channeled all of my energy into work, which which really worked for me. I was working for a Fortune 100 corporation at the time. I rose up the ladder very quickly. I was promoted, 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 ended up getting promoted from Portland to Seattle, then from Seattle to the Kansas City corporate headquarters and in charge of training the masses. I was a corporate sales trainer and I was doing really well until I got promoted out of that job and into my cubicle, AKA my jail cell. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I didn't have the audience connection anymore, and I was fighting every day with people at corporate, and instead of this beautiful exchange that happens when you're presenting with an audience, I had fighting and, and hardness, and I got sick. I got really, really really desperately sick. And it started out as pneumonia and then I got mono and then it turned into multiple autoimmune diseases, multiple sclerosis, autoimmune, um, arthritis. I mean, I was getting diagnosed with the whole kit and caboodle. So I, I went to doctors and their first response was to load me up on steroids and painkillers. Cause you know, Perfect response, right? Mm -hmm. So I went from this very thin frame that I have right now. And in fact, I was a little thinner back in those days because I had a gluten intolerance that I didn't know about. And I was actually not digesting food very well. So I was actually on the thin side. And in fact, people would gossip. I remember people would gossip. One day I walked into the bathroom and women were in there talking and they were like, do you think Alyssa's anorexic? She's always in the bathroom. Do you think? No, I think she's bulimic. Well, what they didn't know is I had terrible irritable bowel syndrome. And yes, I was always in the bathroom, but it was because I couldn't, I wasn't digesting food and it was running right through me. And so it was a really painful time and I felt like I had no support. And I started loading up on all these drugs and pretty soon I was in a state. I needed a walker to get around. I had gained over a hundred pounds. I was on all of these medications. Yeah, from the steroids. And I was a wreck. And I ended up getting laid off from that job. They they told me, look, you are a hot mess. <laughs> we cannot have you in the job that you're, because I was in a higher level job. We cannot have you in the job that you're in, in the state that you're in. Now, I don't know how legal that is or isn't, which is why I'm not mentioning the name of the company. But I will tell you that it was the hardest thing of my life because I, at the time, it was the hardest thing of my life because I had poured all of myself. My identity was that job, and I didn't know who I was without it. And I, I love something that you pointed out, that you just stuffed all this trauma, all this fear that you went through, never spoke about it. You never shared it. 
uh, with anybody. You just put it all inside. And women do not understand that that's how they create illness, depression, addiction. For me, it was addiction. By not being able to voice what's happening to them and how they feel. So it's no surprise that you have stepped into the speaking arena to teach light workers and entrepreneurs all over the place how to speak. How long did it yeah. take you to recover from all that illness? Man, longer, longer than I wanted for sure. So that I started to go downhill in, so the kidnapping and abortion happened in 2001. I started to go downhill and, and met my husband at the time. I met him that same year, right after that had happened. And I didn't even tell him about all that. Yeah. I just buried it, you know, just really shoved it down. And so, um, in 2002, I started to go downhill, but I was okay still. But 2003, I was tanking. And in 2004, that's when I got laid off. I then went into a treatment, um, like a oh, this place that was, I was doing massive IVs, a pick line in my heart, 28 different medications getting pumped into me daily, antibiotics to kill all the stuff that was in my system through the IVs and all this other stuff. And it was it was treatments twice a day. And I did that for three years. And it wasn't until. Were you married I, at this time? No. Well, what's interesting <laughs> is I was, I was dating this man and he was a wonderful, honestly, this guy's wonderful. In 2004, when I lost my job, he knew he's like, listen, you need health insurance. We can't afford to do this, all this treatment if you don't have health insurance. So he was fully committed to me. And he's like, let's just get married. So he married me when I was at one of my sickest points, which is remarkable. What an incredible, yeah. incredible man. You know, you couldn't even hope for anything more amazing than that. The support structure. So it wasn't until um, 2000, so I 2004, 2005, I actually had a near fatal drug overdose. What had happened is the doctors put me, and a main doctor had put me on all of this medication, and I was taking really end of life pain management for people that are dying of cancer that have no hope of surviving. This is the treatment. Um, medical protocol that they put them on because they're not expected to live. And I wasn't really expected to live and do well. So they just put me on all these drugs. Well, meanwhile, I was riding the line almost every night in that my breathing was depressed and I would struggle for air. And often my husband would go shake me at night and say, wake up, wake up. You're not breathing anymore. So I was constantly riding that line. And one night I didn't realize that I had taken this sleep medication already that they had given me. It's a liquid medication. It's called Xyrum. It's actually the date rape drug. It's the liquid form of the date rape drug. Mm -hmm. And I got up in my stupor and took some more of it. God knows how much. And the next thing I know, I'm on the toilet with 20 EMTs in front of me. And what had happened was I 
completely died. I mean, my husband found me on the toilet, not breathing, lips blue, nails blue, whole left side of my face, drooping. But I, on the other hand, <laughs> was out in space and I was floating around the universe and I didn't have this physical body anymore. I was free of this garment, which is like nothing I can ever even have words to describe. It was the would most... Would you call it a near death or a post? Oh, yeah. It was a near death. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would call it that. And because it you're out of your most... body and that's usually what happens. That's what people talk about. And they say it's glorious. Oh, it's... I highly recommend it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't... But what's on the other side when we pass is this amazing expansion. And for me, it was incredibly physical feeling, but yet I didn't have this solid physical body, right. but there was direction and dimension and I could go multiple different places all at once. Yeah. And, and it was incredible. And I've never felt so much love in my entire life and just, I wish I could describe it even better. And I was uh, at one point, I went down to this world that was everything was olive green. There was an olive green hue over it all. And I didn't understand this until years later when I read a book by um, Savannah Arienta called Lightworker. And I was floating around this olive green, olive drab kind of world. And I was hanging around people and I was going and checking out old boyfriends and going and checking out old people and, and hanging out with folks. And I realized if I stay if I stay in this spot, I'm going to have to stay here for a while and it's going to be fine. And I'm going to do some healing, but I knew that I was being given a choice. And so I decided to come back. And that's when I woke up with the 20 firemen around me going, what's your name? But what years later I realized is that's the place that all of drab place is a place where people who die with addictions go to heal and recover. And they actually hang around other people. Like I was doing I was hanging around other people who had addictions. I know. It's crazy. Oh, I love it. This is amazing. And it, what's so hard to grasp is because I know you and I've seen you and I know how you can move and you're like Peter Pan in a room. You know, you're like just boom and light and fast and agile to hear how, you know, a hundred and some odd pounds from steroids, all the illnesses Everything the walker. Don't everything, forget about the walker. that attacked your body. And today, your vision of health. How did you get back? How did you bring that all back? Great question. Man, it was a long road. So after my near-death experience in 2005, I knew that the drugs were killing me. I knew that in my soul. Mm -hmm. And I came back with a mantra in my head. And I don't know where I got this mantra, surely on the other side. And I remember I would go and I would sit in the treatment room with all the other people and we're getting our veins pumped with all these drugs and antibiotics and protocols and all of this stuff. And I heard in my head and I would just say over and over, I'm getting better and better every day in every way. I'm getting better and better every day in every way. And that just would go through my head a million times, a million times. And and I knew that I also had to get off the drugs. Now, um, 
I didn't tell you this, but I actually dropped out of high school when I was 14. So I had the tendency to want to do things the hard way. Mm -hmm. So rather than going through a treatment facility, getting myself off all these drugs, I decided I'm going to do it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So the hard way. Uh Yeah. She's choosing the hard way. Note to self. But I actually think that that helped me because... I did it the long way. So I titrated myself off of all these drugs. I started boosting my nutrition. I hired a health coach. I learned that food was medicine. I learned that thoughts were medicine. And I'll never forget, I could barely walk and I used this walker and I would only ever walk from my house to the car and then from the car to the hospital. Those were the only two places that I would use the walker for. Otherwise, I was just lying down. But I remember I knew I needed to get out and move my body. So I asked a neighbor to help me. And I started out walking with my walker down the street. And I could only walk. I remember the first time I did it at a long driveway. We lived out in the country. I walked out the long driveway. And I walked maybe one more house down. And I was done. But I started doing that again and again, and my legs would hurt so bad. And I, for whatever reason, I just used what I now call my bulldoze and destroy method. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I like you have that, to pull bulldoze and, and destroy. <laughs> and I would just tell myself, mm-hmm. even though my legs literally felt like I was walking around on amputated stubs, mm-hmm. the pain was so intense. It was like this bone crushing pain. Mm-hmm. I just would tell myself over and over, my legs feel great. 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 And I would chant it like an incantation. Mm-hmm. I would just say it over and over and over again. And I noticed by about the second day, my legs actually don't feel great, but they feel pretty good. Isn't this interesting? Mm. So I started to make connections with the things I was telling myself were actually happening. And over the course of five long years from 2005 to 2010, I took off over 100 pounds. So I went from about 240. Now I weigh about 220 on the average day. 120. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm, I went to, Not 220. Yeah. You're no. about half that size. <laughs> I, am, I am about half that size. I weigh about 120 on the yeah. average day. Yeah. So I took off about 100 pounds. I've kept it off for a long period of time. But I just did it by my thoughts and thinking really empowering thoughts mm-hmm. instead of the thoughts that I was thinking before. Because let me tell you something. Those were not empowering thoughts. I was thinking a whole bunch of things that were not empowering for me. And I just learned that ultimately, for me, um, I had to do some things. I did practice massive self-love. I had to practice massive thoughts that were supportive and that were really positive and work on that. Because as a society, I don't think we actually, I think we tend to lean towards going towards the worst. And it's one of the reasons why, can I share why I wear this coin with you? Well. This coin was given to me by my mother-in-law, and it's really special to me. It's a, a 1853 $3 bill. It's rare. And whenever you pick up a coin, no matter how I turn this coin for you, you can't see both sides at once, yet you have both sides in your hand. And for me, this is like life. You're going to always have the good and the bad, and you have to focus on which side you choose on because 
if you, you know, you can't look at them both simultaneously. And so that's me. I just choose to keep it on the positive and notice when I'm not on the positive and flip it over. <laughs> you know, you mentioned about the affirmations you would, you would speak to your body. I watched a fabulous movie of Louise Hay over the weekend, Heal Your Life. And she talks about that, how she started, it was on herself then a friend, then a few people, then it became a hundred people, then it became the hay rides, all her, you know, her work with HIV. I mean, amazing. And there were so many people that spoke about learning from her how to use those affirmations and heal cancer and different illnesses. And when you speak of it, there's just one more powerful story. It's so important for women to really grasp that they need to pay attention what they say to themselves because that's what can that's really how we create our lives is the dialogue that we have with ourselves and and look how strong the dialogue has been in your life to take you from the trauma from the illness now today to a vision of health and beautiful energy and giving and serving and now working with women of some very high profile people all over the world teaching them to speak how beautiful is that yeah it's it's actually remarkable and it and it brings tears to my eyes almost every morning that i get to serve in this capacity because for me I know that we need now more than ever your voice, women's voices out there sharing their stories, their real authentic stories. We learn through stories. That's how we've done it from the beginning of time. Even today, we learn through story. And it's so important. And it's something I'm really quite passionate about, as you know, yep. about sharing our messages and sharing our stories because. You can have the same two people sharing almost the same story, but but what makes it so neat is that one, their vibrational frequency is different, and you might really connect with one of them as opposed to the other, or you just might need to hear that message twice in two different, slightly different ways. And so I always get this from from women, especially who are who are really stepping up into their power. They'll say, "Well, Alyssa, you know, somebody else is already out there talking about it." And my first response is, "Well, thank God, because that means that people need to hear what you have to say." And it's 2017. There's no new real information out there. What is new is you and your unique way that you're going to share your story. I'm not the only one who's had a kidnapping and has been promiscuous and has had an abortion. I guarantee it. But there's something that you need to hear today for me, some sort of vibrational frequency that's there for you to enjoy, um, to help upshift you into that next level. So I just am really passionate about women stepping up and sharing authentically uh, their voice because we, we've just come out of a time where it hasn't been okay. And now more than ever, it's so okay to just openly share and express. And uh, this is what I love. Why I do this show is to have women like you who have had great challenge. Some of it, you know, 
people the type of topics abortion people that want to talk about it you're very open about it and that's that not only is that a, a very healing process for you but for the women that are going to hear you how healing it's going to be for them it's going to liberate them from the chains of shame and guilt about what they've done and break those you know break those chains so that they can step forward now and and, yeah. and claim me 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 you know i'm i'm strong i can do this i can stand up i can speak um i have something to say and and get all of that out Right. Yeah. Times are changing. And, and, you know, here's the thing for me, ultimately, many people have things in their past that they're ashamed of. I, I certainly have. What I know to be true is that you can take the dark and transform it into light. Your past does not define you. What defines you is what you do with your past. If you keep repeating the same mistakes, that does define you, but really you can take that darkness and take it as alchemy and turn it into this beautiful light that you can then stand in the doorway and invite people in to come into the light with you. And that's what's beautiful. And when you really own your message, when you really claim where you've been, the traumatic stuff, the shameful stuff, all of the stuff that encompasses you and just divinely embody and embrace all of you, all of your parts, your dark and your light, it's totally transformative. Magnificent, sweetie, beautiful. And I love the I love that concept of the alchemy of of taking the dark story and turning it into something that's bright and empowering, not only for ourselves, but for the people we serve. And that's what you do. You are an alchemist. And you bring it out in so many women. Yeah. Tell the listeners how they can find you online and anything else you'd like them to know. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to get connected with me, you can go to getclientswithspeaking.com. And I've got a great, if you're, if you're really in that place, if you want to outline your message, then you can download a free PDF. It's the outline that I came up with as I was coming into this work, as I was coming into full ownership of my work. So it's a great outline that you can use to give a talk. And in within the outline is an outline that you can use to share your story when you're ready. Because sometimes we just want to share our story in a really cohesive way. So you can get connected with me there. And, and really at the end of the day, what I want to say to you is that you, if you are listening to this right now, there's a reason. And I guarantee that reason is because you are being called forth. You are being asked to step up into something even greater than you already are, because that's what you're here to do. Your experiences your knowledge, your know-how, your skill set is here for a reason. You didn't come into this world for and have that for nothing. And you are being called into something bigger. And now it's your time yes. to step into it. It's 2017. It. Yes. We're having shadow leadership on the planet. It's time for you to shine bright. It's time for you to step into your message. So go and do that. Yes. I love it, girl. 
Oh, Alyssa, I miss you, honey. I miss I you. Miss you I, honey. Know. Oh. I want to see you again soon. We'll talk about that. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for being on today. It's a joy. And I just want to tell our listeners, if you love this episode, and you almost have me in tears when you, you know, you share all of this, but if the listeners love this, you got to go over to iTunes. You've got to give us a good rating. You got to give us five stars. That's how we grow. And catch Alyssa online, shoot her, you know, through her website, uh, reach out to her. And thank you again. This has been just a joy. Uh, thank you. Yeah. And if you know somebody who wants to, who needs to hear this message, don't be afraid to just share it, pass it. That's how we grow. Okay. Love you. Love you too, honey. Thanks for listening to Awakening Divine Wildness. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and please leave a favorable review at iTunes. Be sure to visit maldwain.com for Mal's six-part video series, Heal Your Wounded Heart and Reclaim Your Worth.